Lord, we don't know what to do. Let's bow our heads for prayer and ask God's blessing. Father, in Jesus' name right now, I want to be more than applauded, more than encouraged. I want to be a help. I want to try my best this morning, if I can, to reach into the core of this congregation and pull out that crowd, if I can, and draw them to an altar of prayer. That crowd that is beset, that crowd that is confused, that crowd that don't know what to do. They don't know what to do with their children. They don't know what to do with their lack of money. They don't know what to do with their bills. They don't know what to do with this sickness that's come up now and these problems that are on every hand. Cancer has been diagnosed. Uh, Trouble is at every side of their life. I didn't come here this morning, Lord, to try to help everybody. I wish I could, but I'd be foolish to think I could. But I did come here this morning to reach into the heart of the hurting and try to bring them forth to an altar of prayer and let God do a work in their heart. I'll step aside and watch you work. If you'll just use me for a few minutes, I would be obliged to you. I'd be obligated to you. And I'll openly praise you. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake, amen. You can have a seat. You fellas that do jail preaching and go to nursing homes and do any kind of preaching outside the congregation here or in a Sunday school setting, look at verses 1 and 2 in this chapter, and write this down, it may come in handy to you, you see a severe problem. Verses 1 and 2. I'm not going to read these verses and preach the introduction to you, but I will give it to you. There is a severe problem. An enemy, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and all of these have come against Jehoshaphat and Israel to fight with them. Every teenager in this building has got an enemy. Every family in this church this morning has an obstacle. And every mission person, every single mom, and every single dad, and every family member in this place this morning has an enemy that wants to do battle with you. So we see a severe problem. Second of all, there is a sincere prayer in verses 3 through 7. You see, Jehoshaphat the king uh, is encouraged to pray. He's encouraged to call a fast, a solemn fast. That's what they do, and they get sincere about it. You know, there's a difference in just mumbling a prayer and getting sincere about praying. And that's exactly what's going on here, verses 3 through 7. And then there is a secured promise. In verses 8 and 9. But then when you go on and travel down to verse number 12, they finish praying. They finish what they're doing. He says this, O God, O God, wilt thou not judge them? Will you come down on them because they're more than we are? Will you not judge my oppressor? Will you not come against my enemy? Have you ever prayed that? 
God, I don't know how in the world I'm going to make it out of this misery I'm in. I don't know how I'm going to make it out of this mess I've concocted and the bad choices I've made and the insincerity that's been prevalent in my life. I don't know how in the world I'm going to get out of it. That's what he's saying. Will you judge them and come against them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do. But then he goes into three uh, exhortations here in this portion of Scripture, and I want to exhort you quickly. What do you do? And here's the proposition. Every one of us, as God's creation and as God's people, can make it, listen closely, through uninformed times. Some of us are going through some uninformed times. You have not been informed about what you are about to confront. You have not been given details and you are confused about the circumstances. You don't know where to go to school. You don't know who to date. You don't know what you're going to do with the prognosis. You don't know what the outcome of the CAT scan will be. You don't know how you're going to pay that bill or meet that judge in children's court on Thursday. You don't know what's going to happen. What do I do, preacher, in my uninformed, confused times? I'm glad this morning you have an interest to know because the Bible is as plain as it can get on what we do. There's three exhortations. Number one, See the first one. Keep your eyes on the right person. Now, I'm going to give it to you. If you'll do it, it'll change you. If you just want a Sunday morning sermonette preached by the preacherette to the Christianette, then it's not going to make a whole lot of difference to you. But if you'll take this first one, look what it says in verse number 12 at the end of the verse, uh, the C part. But our eyes are upon thee. Do you see it? But our eyes are upon thee. Now listen to me. The reason we keep our eyes on the Lord in our uninformed times is because where you are looking is where you are going. Where you are fixed with your vision is the place you're about to inhabit. Wherever you're looking is where you're seeing. And wherever you're seeing is where you're stepping. And wherever you're stepping is where you're going. Ladies and gentlemen, the easiest place to get your eyes off of God is in the conflicts of life. It's easy to unfocus and unconnect and Jesus become a sideline issue. God's will becomes a secondary issue. You keep your eyes on God. You keep yourself in the house of God. You keep your Bible fixed in your lap. You may not know everything that's going on. You may be trembling in fear and disturbances. And you may not know what to do next. Just be still sometimes and keep your eyes Fixed on the Lord. I like what Psalm 5, 3 says. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning 
will I direct my prayer unto thee, here it is, and will look up. Somebody say amen right there. Notice with me, if you will, please, Isaiah eight seventeen. I will wait upon the Lord when I'm confused and unobserved and uninformed. I'll wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob. And here it is, I will look for him. It is important when you are confused that you don't do a lot of moving, but you do a heap of looking. You find God in your misery. You find God in your mess. You find God in your situation. You keep Jesus 2020. You keep the Holy Ghost focused. You keep God the Father in frame. And you keep everything in focus knowing this. You can find Him when you look for Him. And He'll show up when you need Him. Somebody give the Lord praise this morning. I like what the Bible says and tells us in Micah 7, 7. Therefore will I look unto the Lord. He goes on to say in Philippians 3 and 20, look at what it says. For our conversation is in heaven, from which also we look for the Savior. If you're looking down, you're going down. If you're going down, you're looking down. But I promise you this. If you'll look up, God will touch you. If you'll look to Jesus this morning, He'll supply you. If you'll get your eyes off of the bigness of your enemy and the development of His strategy and start looking unto the hills from which cometh your help. For your help cometh from the Lord who created heaven and earth. You know why some of us are so miserable this morning, we don't know what to do. You know why some of us are going through tragedy neck deep and not waist deep? It's because we took our eyes off of God when we were 15. We started smoking a joint with what we thought was a friend. We started messing around with people without a Bible. We started going to places where there was no God. And we got godless in our circumstances. And before you know it, we took our eyes off of God, got hooked up with the wrong woman, hooked up with the wrong man, and messed up with the wrong practices. But may I say something to you this morning? It's never too late. To adjust your vision and look back to Christ. Preacher, I'm backslidden. Preacher, I'm out of God's will. All right, let's spend five seconds identifying your problem. You are backslidden. Now, let's fix it. We ain't going to sit here and talk about where you are. We're not going to talk about how you got there. We're not going to talk about who's condemning you while you're there. We're going to talk about getting up and getting out. You can come to Christ out of the mission this morning. You can look to Jesus out of the middle section this morning. You can look to Christ from the balcony. You don't have to sit there and stay miserable. Look under the hills from which cometh your help. Jesus is here. You need to keep your eyes on him. I was just recently down on uh, Martintown Road East, the bottom part. And uh, I was with somebody who was going to get something to eat. And uh, we were talking and we stopped at a red light down there and we were jawing back and forth. Well, the fellow next to me 
acted like he was going to take off. He gave the car the gas and he moved. Well, I'm talking to the guy with me. I saw him move, so what did I think? I thought the light turned green. He slammed on brakes and I took off and went right through the light. It was fun too. I had a good time. I don't know what it is about breaking the law, but it's hot, ain't it? It is a thousand wonders I didn't get T-boned in the middle of the road because I was looking, but I wasn't looking where I ought to have been looking. I was watching, but I wasn't watching what I should have been watching. How many of us have gotten T-boned running our mouth, hello, looking where we ought not be looking and moving where we ought not be moving? Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. How big is your problem and how sighted are you in on it? Will you look to Jesus, come out of your agnosticism, come out of your atheism, come out of your black magic, come out of your seances, come out of your pornography, come out of your black magic, come out of all that desperate stuff that you've been holding on to, hoping that something would happen. The truth of the matter is, you come to Christ, and I promise you, you can sober up. You come to Christ, I promise you, your life can take a change. You come to Christ, and Jesus will be everything you'll ever need in your life. Somebody give the Lord praise and glory. Here's the second exhortation. Keep your eyes on the right person. Number two, keep your ears on the right preacher. Keep your ears on the right preacher. I'm going to read verses 14 and following. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, he's the prophet, the son of Beniah, the son of Jael, uh, the son of uh, Matana, Uh, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Look at 15. He said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord. I like this preacher already. Don't you? Look at it. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Keep your ears on the right preacher. And here's the argumentation there. Listen, fellas in homiletics, listen. The reason you have to learn who to hear is because there's a whole lot being said that ain't worth hearing. There's a whole lot being preached as gospel that's not truth. There's a whole lot being stated that is not truth enough to change your life. Religion that leaves you hopeless is junk. Salvation that leaves you hopeful is hallelujah, glory to God. Keep your eyes in the right place, uh, on the right person. Keep your ears open to the right preacher because there are plenty of them 
that are not telling you exactly how it ought to go. You can turn your TV on. You can watch the Southern Gospel stations. You can listen to this. You can listen to that. There's a whole lot being sung, a whole lot being said, and a whole lot being done that will not lead you anywhere but downhill. I, you say, preacher, how do I know the one that I ought to listen to? There's three evidences. I want you to show, I want to show you in verse 15, if I can. Put the sub points underneath this one, son, if you will, and give me verse 15 up there. It says this. He said, hearken ye all Judah, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord upon you, or unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. The first person that you need to listen to uh, and, and know that the preaching you're hearing is truth is he gives direction to the power of God. He's not trying to sell you something. He's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to take you to a place where the power of God can change you. There's another one, number two. His direction is to the plan of God. Look at verse 16. He says this in your Bible. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. And ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Number 16 says not only is there a preacher that's pointing them toward the power of God, verse 15, but the man who has God's plan in his heart and God's manifesto in his spirit and is walking by the Word of God will lead people with a plan that takes them somewhere. Be careful about following people that don't know how to make choices and stick with them. Be careful about following preachers that tell you one thing one day and something else when it's more favorable to them. It is high time we just got us an old-fashioned Bible, leaned back and said we're going to preach the truth. We're going to make decisions what's best for the congregation. We're going to make decisions what's best for the body of Christ. And we're going to put ourselves on the back burner, put God up on the front burner, and preach the Word of God with a plan that will take people somewhere. Give God praise and glory. Your ears needs to hear the right preacher that takes and directs you to the power of God. This is not your battle, it's God's. Takes you to the plan of God. You'll go down here and do this and that and the other and God's going to give you a victory right there. He had a plan. Notice number three, the direction of the provision of God. Look at verse 17. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. <laughs> Praise God. I want to say this and move right along. I sure am glad that I want more than anything else in the world for you to hook up with the power of God for your children, the power of God for your marriage, the power of God for your physical and mental health. 
I want for God to touch you and show you He can fight your battles. I want for you to see the power of God individually in your life. I don't want you just to come to church and see it collectively. I want you to see God crawl up in your lap individually. And I want to see the Holy Ghost manifest Himself to you in a solitary fashion. Good God, I feel the Spirit of the Lord. I'm glad the Holy Ghost is here. And I'm glad He's welcome here. And I'm glad our message is about Him. And I'm glad our method is about Him. I'm glad our music is about Him. I'm glad our preaching is about Him. Good God, I'm glad it's all about Him. Somebody praise Him. Every once in a while, every once in a while, we're getting calls now from preachers. And they're talking to Brother Chris and they're talking to me and, and they're saying things like this. Has, y'all, has y'all's ministry begun to feel the effects of the economy? Has, uh, have y'all seen people cutting back and you've seen people not doing what they used to do? And We just tell them, no. And if I could get you to hang up, I wouldn't be depressed before lunch. That's the God's truth now. This happens all the time. When you have been pivoting everything on the flesh, when the flesh is attacked by the media, the flesh is attacked by circumstance, and the flesh is attacked, period, it will react, unfold, forget God. But when you have spent your life pushing people toward the majestic Son of God, you have not been trying to feather a nest for you, plan your retirement at 45, and you're not here for your own good, nor to glean for your own gut. I'm glad to know God will move in and provide. I'm glad God will move in and give you what you don't deserve, showing you what He can give you. And I'm glad to know that we have a providing God. For us here t- today, giving praise and glory in the house of God. Number one, you need desperately to keep your eyes on the right person. Get it off of me, get it off of these, get it off of them. I may drop dead of a heart attack before I get out of this pulpit. Keep looking. Keep moving. Bury me. Step over the casket and move on. If I'm all you got, you're pitiful. If I'm all you know, you're pitiful. If you're hinging anything on me, it's over. You got to look unto him. Oh, I like what Hebrews 12 says. Look in unto Jesus, the author, he started it, and the finisher of our faith. Somebody praise Him. He's wonderful. Number three, not only keep your eyes, not only keep your ears, but keep your expression on the right plan. Notice what it says. I'm I'm wet and sore and hoarse. I'm going to quit. Look at verse number 18. Old Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord 
worshiping the Lord. Let me, let me give you a verse down. Look, look at 21 and 22 and I quit. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of his holiness. As they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were squashed like a bug, is how I'd put it. They were smitten. All they had to do was praise Him. Can I make this statement? Praise confuses the enemy. What does it do to the devil when when he's given you all hell can provide? What does it do to the devil when hell is peddling as fast as they can peddle to produce poison to try to push you in the ditch? And all of a sudden, the best hell can do, you rear back and say, glory to God. I bless His name. He's wonderful. He's God. He's my everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, my Savior. If Satan is doing everything he can do, and you do what you can to praise the Lord, he can't do no more. What's he going to do? <laughs> He's going to be so confused. He's saying, next. Stand up with me. <laughs> Some of you look as tired as I am. Listen, how many of you are going through some uninformed times? Come on. Just come on. I don't know what to do. I I don't know how to do it, preacher. Come on, from the top, come on. We're going to be out in just a minute. Come on. No need, no need in you trying to leave early. All you're going to make is two red lights before we make the first one. Come on. Come on, find your place. That's it, my brother. Welcome. God bless you. I don't know what to do. I need the Lord. Somebody's here this morning lost and unsaved. You've been looking at your problems, looking at this and looking at that and looking at the other. But the truth of the matter is, if you'll look to Jesus, you can find hope. I want every boy called to preach. Every boy called to preach. Get a Bible. I want you to come stand behind a couple just like this one. I want you to stand behind a couple just like this one. I want you to stand behind a couple just like this one. Every man called to preach. I don't want you touching nobody. I don't want you talking to nobody. I want you just to get behind them. And I want you just to pray. That's it. Right over here. John, would you get behind this couple right here and just pray for them. Just ask God to touch them. That's it. That's it. Thank you, sir. Over here's preachers. Over here's deacons. I want, I, if, if you're in here and you're a deacon, I want you to come forward. Uh, just come on, come on, come on, come on. And find you a place and just stand next to somebody and cry out to God for them. Now, they don't know what to do. You say, preacher, I don't know. Well, all right, here's what we're praying. Lord, 
Help me not to look away now. Help me to keep my eyes fastened on God. Help me.